and I are sat here with uh, Livio Babitz, who is the, the, the founder yes. of uh, Cyborg Nest, yes. co-founder of yes. Cyborg Nest. Um, so, yeah, tell us just a little bit about what is Cyborg Nest and, and what you do there. Uh, hello, first of all, pleasure. Um, the idea is very simple. There is so much more around us that we can't sense in this room now. There are endless colors, sounds, natural forces, and million other stuff that we are not aware of. So we decided to open a door for it and start sensing those things. Um, and today we create a new senses for humans. Okay. So I'm, I'm guessing it's something like taking existing sensors that are out there for humidity, for sound, for temperatures, and integrating them with the human body somehow. Yes, or... yes and no. So it, yes, we started with our first sense, the north sense, which yeah. is uh, the thing that I have here as well. Um, it's uh, yeah, it's a, it's basically it's a it's a compass. Now people say okay, but leave you it's 2017 you have a compass on your phone why would you need the compass implanted in your body and this uh, this is where the important difference between a sense and a tool comes because a tool is something that you use when you need you need to make a deliberate decision that i'm going to use this tool now finishing using it and putting it back in your pocket a sense is something that is always part of it yeah. i'm not going to take my eyes off or my ears off when we finish the interview and i'm not getting my sense of taste out of my mouth when i go to sleep because i'm yeah. not eating while sleeping yeah. they are always there they are always part of our reality so going back to the north sense what i have now i have a constant awareness of my surrounding, of my location, and how am I located on the planet. I'm interested to know, so let's take north because it's a simple kind of, it's, a, it's yes or no mostly. Yes. How do you know? Like, how does it tell you? It uh, gives me a short vibration okay. each time I uh, hit the earth magnetic field uh, facing north. Um, yeah. And uh, this, this little vibration basically created a big change in my life uh, since I have it and other people that have it as well already. Okay. And I mean, if, if we were to take this further into things like humidity and temperature, yes. I mean, I'm guessing you would have to start having some kind of connection to brains or eyes or something, otherwise yes. they're more, they're less black and white sensitive. Yes, yes. I'm, I'm the first. You know, computers started in, started in the 90s with uh, the screens that were green screen computers, uh, no colors, no internet, no nothing. <laughs> and we all know where did they get today. So you should look at the same way yeah. at, at our senses. The North Sense is a first very simple sense out of many much more sophisticated things that will come in the future. Yeah. Um, but yes, we got to this place in history where we can not only dream about it or think about it, but we can actually make it happen. I think, I mean, we'll go into a little bit more detail in, a, in, in, in um, one minute about some, some of the kind of, I guess, history of human plants. But um, first, uh, I'd just be interested to know 
think science fiction has kind of had lots of predictions, some that turned out wrong and right and at different times. But in some respects, it almost feels like something like implants are actually coming quite late. Um, it feels like it's, we should be doing this longer ago in some respects. And you, can you think of any reason why it's taken longer? Or? Um, Yes, there are there are there are two two things. First of all, the technology, yeah. which uh, some of it is still futuristic and some of it is still you know is still not here, uh, or things are in development. But I think a major other thing is what I would call an onboarding process of the humanity, because uh, it's a we need to get you know. We, you, you don't, you don't become 17 the moment that you are born or two minutes after. It yeah. takes exactly 17 years to get there. So I think that humanity needs needed to go through different stages of understanding technology from different places, different sides of it, until now it's ready to start embracing it and making it as part of our lives. Think about it. If you had an iPhone 7 or a Galaxy S8 or whatever is the last number that they have in 1995, you would say, holy moly, that's so cool. But I have nothing to do with it. Yeah. It's absolutely useless. Some would argue the same now. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, our, our show's very own uh, Partial Cyborg. Do you have any questions, Kate? I do have quite a few questions. Okay. Um, one thing I've noticed is that... Um, People are becoming more accustomed to wearable technology, um, particularly things like the glasses. And it's interesting, like, if you consider Google Glass, less than five years ago, it was derided by people as being, you know, an invasion of privacy, being highly problematic, um, shops were banning it, public places were banning it. And now you have spectacles by Snapchat, which is the little glasses with the camera in them. And no one's questioned it, ever. Yeah. And like, how long do you think it's going to be until things like um, the non-medical type of implants yes. and, and products will become more mainstream? Okay, so if we look at the, at the, going back to the mobile, if we look at the mobile uh, industry and the, the, you know, flash speed that everything happened, because 10 years ago, none of it was here, and now it's like all over everything, everybody. I think the, I think the, the implants and the cyborg generation is going to happen even faster, because we are already used to the technology being part of us in many ways. It's true that I don't have the, imp- the phone implanted in my, in my foot or in my... I don't know where. Well, not yet. <laughs> not yet, but... It's, it's, it's already a part of me and I'm always with yeah. it. I got used to the idea that I need to charge it, I need to charge myself. I need to, you know, it's a, it's a, it kind of got us ready to get there. And now, basically, with the doors that we and other people are opening now, people are like peeping, looking, still hesitating for a second. But I guess the moment that the boom will happen will be a very big boom very soon when suddenly you see that everybody has it. Um, so yeah, I think uh, give it a few years and not 30 or 50, but like 10 years and you'll see everybody. And what other products would you like to see on, in the market? 
we're gonna we're gonna focus at this stage on senses. Yeah. So I'm really interested in having more senses and experiencing the world. So things like an RFID chip, for example, which is a very cool thing, which I I'm probably gonna get one very soon as well. It's very cool, but it's an it's an evolution of I would say of my wallet because I don't I don't need the wallet or I don't need the keys, right? So. But it doesn't change me as a person. The idea with senses is that they communicate with the brain. So that changes me as live you as a person. It's not, and when I say just a tool, I don't underestimate the RFID chips because they, all of that is going to be cool. But it's just a different category where the world around us evolves, gets closer to us. Now, with cyberness and the stuff that we do, we as humans evolve because again the senses yeah. and the input that they give are connected to to our brain. Yeah, it's actually I think you put it, you make a good point there in that there's been a, a reasonable amount of implants at the moment, and Kate has too. We talked about it on the last podcast, although I haven't got them working yet, but <laughs> but she has them, and but yeah, they they don't. They don't change the human in any way. It makes something more convenient. Yes. But when we look at, again, science fiction with real cyborgs, I mean, speech marks, whatever that means, it's actually about enhancing the human. I mean, yes. Well, I mean, historically, this is the interesting thing that, uh, in some respects, this is not new. I mean, we've had pacemakers, hearing aids, yes. and other things. I always, quite a long time, I, al- I always say that my yeah. grandfather that exactly. passed, that passed away... <laughs> Many years ago already, he yeah. was a cyborg in yeah. the in the nineties because he had the pacemaker and his My granddad had a metal leg. Exactly. So it's uh, people are people are shocked, but but in a way, it's been here a long time ago. Yeah. It's just that we are now taking it out of the medical lab. Or even glasses. Yeah. Glasses. <laughs> yeah. You laugh, you laugh, but there are many people yeah. who one of our one of my our partners looks at glasses the same way because says. Yeah. You enhanced yourself, otherwise you would see less, now you see more, yeah. there you go, you're enhanced, right? So, by technology. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's a, um, yeah. It's I know there's been efforts to make contact lenses that would, would go beyond 20, 20 minutes. Yes. I think, was, I think Google was playing around with a patent, and there is a company in America that's done a little bit of that Um And I think the other thing that you've touched on that's really interesting for me, about this is that people are starting to see the benefits of function um, beyond just medical. Like, I saw a design yesterday where um, a grad- graduate at a design school show in, in the UK created a, um, a third thumb. I saw pads. that. I saw that so on the internet, could, yeah. And it had all kinds of functions. Like, you know, it was a prototype, of course. But it's, you know, the idea of, we always think of that as, well, that's replacing something that's missing. But this was actually to, to create new movements and new functions in your hands. Absolutely fascinating. I think it actually should be about enhancing what we already have, not just... Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's very... Yeah. One, one point that is important for me to say is that, you know, the cyborg, posthumanism, transhumanism and many other names that this community has in the world that nobody really knows the difference between them and you know it's a it's a whole mismatch of stuff that and a lot of this a lot of people say yeah we are here to replace the human to change the things that are not working well 
I'm not I'm I'm not totally into that. I think I love humans. I don't want to stop being human. I don't want to be a machine. Yeah. Uh, I love my brain. It's probably the place where I like hanging out most. If I have to, you know, uh, that's that's my you know that's my sweet sweet spot in life. Yeah. I don't I don't want to give up on that. Yeah. So I, I we are completely here to enhance, to add, to to even more, not to replace. Not to, we are not looking at the human creation as something defective that urgently needs a fix. Yeah, and I yeah. think that what you, what you, what you, the example that you gave with the thumb, which I saw as well, and I really liked it. It's a good idea that goes into the same place because there are a lot of people saying, "Yeah, one day I'm gonna cut my arms and put some bionic arms instead." You won't need to cut them. No, that's right. You will have yeah. other arms yeah. that will do whatever you want those to do. Yeah. There's some pretty cool robot ones at the moment, actually. Yeah, you don't. I've seen these. Yeah. Yes. I think this is always the again. Sorry to keep coming back to it, but it's certainly a topic that fits in nicely. This aspect where uh, how science fiction influences reality and then how it really turns out. And yeah, the, the science fiction always made us think you literally lose a leg and have a new leg, but actually, much like we thought we would have omnipresent computers and they ended up being phones, yes. probably cyborgs will actually end up being an extra thumb or a, a little thing and a little thing, not just half robot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we are. Uh, you know what? Uh, I think we are. Things are, again. Things are moving so fast that even predictions about what exactly so if you were if this conversation would have happened in in the 1500 we could speak about what's going to happen in 200 years because not much happened between the 1500 and the 1700 in Europe you know (laughs) maybe the wheels of the carriages got a bit you know but it's not that there was any huge development there now things are moving so fast that I don't even know what you know in a hundred years from now. Okay, what's going to be? I'd like to ask you. I mean, I one thing I really like about the whole transhumanist and the biohacking movement is, in many respects, it has got a strong DIY ethos, which makes it very egalitarian. There is not that class society, and it's very accessible to anyone. Anyone can start choosing to regulate their, you know, measure parts of their body or whatever they're into. Um, I went to a talk this morning on AI, and all the speakers were highly academic people who had had the privilege of a, you know, a postgraduate education. You know, most people don't get a degree in philosophy, for example. Um, I mean, I see... My biggest problem with IA probably is I see people in those positions um, making the decisions for the rest of us that impact all of us. Like, you know, the idea that 40% of jobs will be obsolete by 2025. Um, And I like to think that the biohacking movement is an antithesis of that almost. At the moment. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. I, I, I'll tell you what, the whole, the whole inequality question is a big and very relevant question, but I think that in general the world goes now through a phase where we understand that, oops, things are not really working exactly as we planned them to be, we need a change, this democracy is cool but it's not really going where we want it. 
yes, a free market is very cool, but suddenly we have these huge companies that control everything, so it's not really a free market that everybody has the same chance. So I think that at the end of the day, these questions are relevant to ask any person and mostly to point them towards our governments, the people that really make the decisions. Because yes, you know, people ask us, so you sell the nonsense for a few hundred dollars, some people have the money to buy it and some people don't have the money to buy it. Do you think it's fair? You know, we are... I need to feed my family as well. I cannot be responsible for the people that do not have the money. But I, I am more than willing to be part of the people that are pushing governments to make sure that everybody has money to make options in life. If they decide to buy the North Sense or a new car or to go on a vacation or to keep it in the bank, that's fine. But yeah, I, you know, it's a, I think it's a, it's a global issue now. It's not only related to technology, it's, it's a whole thing that, yeah, and I think uh, it's probably the biggest question in the next year is what's going to happen. Where, um, I initially wrote this question of where will it stop? <laughs> like, when, when, when is maybe too much augmentation too Nothing much? stops for ever. you. Let's say for you. Yeah. I mean, how... How much would you enhance yourself before you think it's too much? You've, I don't know. Either you're not you're not losing control, but you've got too much going on, or too much to comprehend, too much information to process. Or if I feel it, I'll stop. Yeah, uh, don't know yet. Yeah. Um, if there is a yeah, but I'm I am willing to push forward at this stage. I think we are far from that place where. I say, oh my gosh, my brain is completely overloaded. I can't even leave my living room because I'm afraid of what's going to happen out there when I open the door because there is too much. We are still far from that. I'm still eager to you know, give me more, give me more at this stage and not moderate it and make it calmer. I think just when we first sat down, you said something very intriguing, which maybe seems a nice lead into. It's like, when I went undercover, uh, yes. <laughs> I know so what you meant. People think that what I do with cybernet is crazy, but uh, my, my, my previous life was, was much crazier than that. Um, I lived undercover for five years. Oh, okay. I was the COO of what's today the edgiest human rights organization out there. I built and ran uh, undercover networks of people that are documenting human rights violations in places where no one else has access to. Uh, so many people know me by many names in the world. Uh, yes, yeah. So that 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 was that was uh, you know. And if you ask me how. How far am I willing to push the boundaries? Yeah, you've already gone the other way. So, yes, yeah. I think I think where I am now, it's much calmer than when yeah, exactly. I was four years yeah. when when secret services of countries were on my tail. So well, I was just interviewing someone who was on the other side of that. Yeah. <laughs> From someone who was in the secret service <laughs> and also just came out of the uh, out of out of that. So. Yeah, they never come out. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, uh, Cyborgness, you sort of already alluded a little bit to, to what you're doing, but what's, what's the current plans? What's, and what's next? More senses. We focus now on uh, 
trying to spread the word. I feel a bit like a monk walking around with a new Bible. You know, I, I've been in, I don't know, six, seven cities in the last two weeks. Traveling all over, speaking to crowds from six people to hundreds of people. Whoever is literally like a monk, whoever is willing to listen, I'm going to give the lecture, I'm going to spread the word. I think it's uh, very important for humanity. And yes, we are a company, we are a for-profit company, but uh, we, we come with a real belief in, in what we do and think about it. Everything that we create, everything that you see in this room, everything that you ever saw, eaten, tasted, was created because we have senses. Mm. We, we, we saw, someone saw this place and decided to build a building on it. You yeah, yeah. you smelled something, so you decided to make a certain type yeah. of food. This used to be a radio station. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. things, things change, yeah. so imagine now you have more senses. Yeah. Our glass ceiling of creation as humanity will exponentially go higher. It's not just about, okay, I can sense this or that. You know, we are in a place where, yes, for example, we have a problem with ecology now, with global warming, you know, everything that's happening. Maybe the planet is giving us the solution, but we can't see it, we can't understand it. Because you can see when you're damaging something, you were given eyes to realize that, to sense that, so you could do something about it. So there might be signs of things that are happening there, that if we had them, we could find solutions that we are not even thinking about. Because it's not part of our palette of, of thoughts. Or maybe this is where the, the jobs that apparently we're all about to lose because of robots will be created in creating yeah, I, I completely yeah so uh, I agreed with most of what you said before except the part of the jobs uh, I think you know, it's very painful and probably if I had to feed my, my son from driving a taxi knowing that there's going to be driverless cars in a year it would have been a problem so a transition generation now is going to allegedly suffer but at the end of the day, we are going towards freedom. There is no manual that says humans need to work between 8 and 5 for someone that's going to treat them like shit, pay them as little as possible, and give them as little as possible. It's not written anywhere. That's not what we are supposed to be here. We are supposed to be here to create, to live, to enjoy, to climb on trees, to run around, to have ideas, you know. So yes, those people that will lose their jobs now, maybe not them unfortunately, because for them it's going to be painful, but their kids are going to live a different life, where yes, creation is going to be part of what they do, because that's what we are supposed to do.